Apostle Paul tonight. And uh, I'm going to start a new series, not next week because we're not having church next Wednesday, right? And we'll start a new series the week after that, fresh. And so uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians. That's where I want to start tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The prayer life of the Apostle Paul. That's what we've been studying the last several weeks. And uh, I believe God has opened our eyes to some of the things that caused this great apostle to walk in God's divine power and in God's divine call for his life. And it was his prayer life. Father God, we approach your divine throne tonight in faith. Believe in, Lord God, that you are no respectable persons, that if you did things for Paul in his life, when he exhibited a hunger for you and your divine call and purpose for him, Father God, you'll do the same for us simply because you are a good God and simply because we are your church, just a part of your church, just like the apostle Paul was. And so, Father, as we have been studying these doctrinal prayers, O oh God, we pray that tonight our, the Holy Spirit will enlighten us even more concerning these things. And we'll give you all the glory, Father, all the praise and all of the honor tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe Paul heard some things, and we've studied this, that shaped his prayer life. Um... He would hear things in the spirit, and he would also see things. And I want to see uh, right here in chapter 12 some of the things that he saw that I believe that shaped his prayer life and caused him to be uh, the man of God that he was. It says here in chapter 12, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations in the Lord. So Paul had visions and God gave him divine revelations. And this is what uh, was one of those times here in verse 2. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. So Paul didn't, didn't know whether or not he was in body or was he in spirit. But he was uh, confident that God knew. Amen. Such a one caught up into the third heaven. So he, uh, the Bible says, Paul says, he went actually into heaven itself. And he says here in verse 3, And I knew such a man, whether in body or out of body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Hmm. Of such a one I will glory, yet myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. So I believe that experience that he had, whether in body or out of body, he did go to heaven. But that experience helped shape 
his prayer life. It gave him, I really believe it gave him confidence. When you uh, experience God in certain ways and God reveals himself in certain ways, it will develop a confidence in God. And um, I really believe it would cause you to and inspire you to pray differently. It cause you to pray in line with uh, God's divine will and purpose. And so I believe that's what one of the things that Paul did uh, because of these revelations, because of these experiences with God. It, it shaped his prayer life and caused his prayer life to be powerful. And uh, I, I really believe that God wants us as children of God to experience him in like manner. If we get hungry enough for God, I really believe that we can experience some of the things that Paul experienced in his generation. Uh, the scripture that right here, it's not in my notes, but, uh, God laid this on my heart, uh, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Very familiar scripture. John writes, for this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So that's very, very powerful right there. If we ask anything, the Bible says, according to God's will, he hears us. Now, we know that God's will is his word. If you want to know the will of God, you got to know the word of God. And, and so uh, the writer says, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Then he says here in verse 15, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So when we pray these doctrinal prayers that Paul wrote in the epistles, those prayers are based on the word of God or they are the word of God. To pray the word of God is one of the most powerful things that a, that a believer can do. Because you can be confident that when you pray the word of God or pray along the lines of the word of God, that that, that prayer is heard. And God's going to do exactly what you ask him to do because you are praying his perfect will. Amen. And these prayers that we're going to go over tonight are divinely inspired prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed for different churches, for different individuals. And those same prayers that we're going to go over tonight, I'm going to encourage you to begin to pray them for yourself. We touched on some of it last week, and I'm going to go over it again a little bit tonight, well, somewhat tonight, because I really want us to get into this. Because I really believe that when we pray along these lines, God can take us from glory to glory. He can take us to a different level of uh, anointing and strength in him. Okay. 
So we're going to start in the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter 1. We, we went there last week, and I kind of rushed through it a little bit, but I'm going to take my time here. And I don't know how far we're going to get, but this is the end of the series, so we're going to get as far as God wants us to get. Amen? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Now, as I stated last week, the first person who I really uh, heard teach along these lines was Brother Kenneth Hagin. And he began to, this was almost about almost 30 years ago when I was uh, studying some of his, his teaching. He was saying that this prayer right here is essential in terms of a child of God getting divine revelation or understanding revelation from God. When you pray this prayer for yourself or for others, you can be sure that God is listening and that God will answer this prayer and he'll give you exactly what you pray for because this is the word of God and the will of God. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know then that we have the petitions that we desire it of him. So you can be sure that when you pray this prayer, God's going to move according to his word. Amen? Expect, have an expectancy. Hallelujah. That your eyes are going to be open. You're going to see things that you've never seen and understand things that you've never understood because of the power and light of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, verse 15, let's begin there. Paul says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, So he's telling the people at Ephesus that he heard of their faith and he heard of their love walk. He says, this caused him now, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he says, these are the things that I've been praying for you. I make mention of you in my prayers. And this is what he would pray For this particular church. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The father of glory. Would give. How many. How many of y'all know God is a giver. He wants to give. Would give unto you. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him. Glory to God. So God would give to them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's my prayer for us tonight. That God would give to each and every one of us and to those listening online a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God himself. Hallelujah. It's powerful. And we, and we can be sure that, it, that he's going to do it. Because we know that this is his will. When we avail ourselves to God, when we begin to seek God, God will begin to now give to us, by grace and mercy, divine wisdom 
and revelation straight from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Then he says, That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know, the older I get, the more I ask God for, for light. I don't ask for a lot of other things. I ask Him for light. Give me light. Help me to see. Help me to see the things that you want me to see. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying. That God would give, God would give them eyes, that the, uh, uh, their understanding would be in their eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. The Holy Spirit would give us light concerning those things that have been freely given to us. That He would give us divine light concerning the Holy of Holies and our access to that. That holy place. Those things that have been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. The access to the deity, Almighty God. That each and every one of His children could live in the very presence of God. Could live at the feet of God. Could have access to the bosom of God. Hallelujah. The eyes of your understanding being in light. That you would know what is the hope of His calling. That God will begin to reveal to us His purpose for us, the calling that He has upon each and every one of our lives. That it will become crystal clear to us those things that God wants us to accomplish in our generation for His kingdom glory. That you would know the hope of His calling. And nobody will be able to talk you out of His calling. Nobody will be able to confuse you concerning his calling. No demon power will be able to talk you out of what God wants you to experience in your generation through Jesus Christ. That you would know the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. Hallelujah. How many of y'all know we are God's inheritance? Hallelujah. We belong to him. We've been bought and paid for by the precious blood of the Lamb. We are His inheritance. And we, He will experience us and we will experience Him through the eons of eternity. The glory of His inheritance. We know the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance is in the saints. And the Holy Ghost would minister to us along these lines. On a daily basis as we seek Him. As we begin to believe that God would be that good to us. Verse 19. And what is... Hmm, this is awesome right here. What is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe it? Think about that. The, it, it, Paul writes, he says, the exceeding greatness, <laughs> it exceeds greatness. It's unlimited. What the Bible says, I think it's in Ephesians, the unsearchable riches of Christ. The, the exceeding greatness of, God, of God's power. Hallelujah. 
to us would. Hallelujah. Who believe it? That's the key. I got to believe that God wants me to experience him on this level. I got to believe that the blood of Jesus is such a powerful force that it will cause me to know God in this manner. And God is more than willing to expose himself to us. Hallelujah. For his kingdom glory and his purpose. This is our portion. Paul, pray, Paul, Paul would pray that for these people. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? According to the working of God's mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So God would give us revelation concerning the victory of his cross. And God would give us revelation concerning the power of the resurrected Jesus. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's what gives us access to all these things. Uh, you begin to recognize that resurrection life dwells on the inside of each and every one of us in the person of the Holy Ghost. And God is more than willing to exercise that power through us as we believe it. The exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised Jesus from the dead. And then the Bible says he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Well, we know that Jesus, the Son of God, has always been deity. In eternity past, he was deity. He's always had a place in the Godhead. But then he took the form of a man. And the reason he took the form of a man was so that he could represent us. Hallelujah! At the very right hand of God. That's where he is. And, 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 and Paul is praying that we would see, that we would get this light. We would have this enlightenment concerning his resurrected place. His place after, after resurrection in the Holy of Holies. That he would, we would be able to begin to understand that we are in him and he is in us. And he holds that place, not just for himself, but he holds that place for his church. Hallelujah. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now this is, verse 21 is what Satan don't want you to understand. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named. God, give us revelation concerning the ascended Christ and how he spoiled principalities and powers and how he made a show of them openly, Lord God. And he's been raised up far above them. So the church has been raised up also far above them in him. Every name that can be named, oh God, Jesus has been exalted above all of them. 
And Father God, because he has been exalted, so has we have been exalted. He is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So we, we, we just don't have authority in this age, but we'll have authority in him throughout the ages, hallelujah. That, that, that ought to give us a confidence that when these powers of darkness encroach upon us, that those powers of darkness are defeated before they even come against us. That we've already been given the victory before we get into, go into the battle. Somebody say, give us light. And had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. God give us revelation concerning this. Help us to understand and grasp the realities of this prayer, Lord. May we begin to know these things. May we begin to walk in these things. May your church begin to experience Jesus on the level that God you that you want us to experience him. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit dwell richly on the inside of your people and glorify your holy name. Now, we need strength to be able to carry that kind of an anointing. It takes the strength and power and might of the Holy Ghost. And Paul knew that. Paul knew that everything that he prayed right there, it would take divine strength For us to maintain that place of victory and power in this world. So he prayed in the third chapter of the book of Ephesians. Chapter 3. And I'm going to start at verse 8. He says here. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I might preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, the unlimited riches of Christ. There are no limits to this, what I'm talking about tonight. There are no limits because there are no limits to God. Amen? Verse 9, and to make all men see. That means every person in the church, every born again believer, he wants to give you light. He wants you to have light concerning these things. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. So this information had been hidden up until this time. 
God had chosen to hide this type of information from mankind and from even the, the, uh, and angelic powers until this time. These things, Paul said, would be revealed in this dispensation. So God wants us to experience the fellowship of this mystery. Verse 9, I'm going to read the whole thing again. And to make all men see, so he wants us to see, what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Verse 10, why? Why did God do that? To the intent that now, somebody say now, that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by who? By the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Part of our purpose in this dispensation is to demonstrate to the principalities and powers God's manifold wisdom, God's varied wisdom. How many of you know the devil was defeated completely on Calvary? But how many of y'all know the devil is stupid? He doesn't know how badly he was defeated. He knows he was defeated. But every, every, every day when he, when he uh, wakes up or whatever... He finds a new bruise somewhere on his body, somewhere on his anatomy. He finds a new bruise. He said, man, I, I, I didn't know that was there. Jesus really did do a number on me, didn't he? But see, it's our job to demonstrate to the principalities and powers God's manifold wisdom to, to, God's manifold wisdom to them. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ who's supposed to exercise the authority that was bought and paid for on Calvary. Hallelujah. Verse 11. According to what? The eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access... Glory to God. With confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Then he says, for this cause, now he's about to pray. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, now this is what we need to pray for ourselves, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. A lot of times people ask me sometimes to pray for him. Pray that God will give me strength. And I'll go directly to this scripture right here. Father, strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man. May they begin to recognize and understand the mighty resurrection power dwelling within their, their reborn spirit. And then when we pray along those lines, God begins to enlighten us and we begin to go into, uh, uh, begin to experience God in, in levels that we didn't before. As we begin to draw from those wells of salvation. Jesus told that lady at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the, the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, for the water, the, the water that I shall give in him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That's talking about a reservoir that will never end. That's what we have access to. And that's what 
we need to pray for that God would strengthen us with that might by his spirit in our inner man, that we would do, that we would experience that, that we would draw from that in the battles of life, that we wouldn't look out here for help, but we begin to look inside, hallelujah, for the help and the strength that we need. Then he says here in verse 17, that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, that's important because a lot, all of these things are already in, in our reborn spirits. All the fruits of the spirits are there. Okay? All the, everything that we'll ever need, because the scripture said we've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings, right? But those things don't, don't automatically manifest in our life. We have to have faith. We have to have faith to release these things. And that's what Paul was praying. That Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing would dwell in your hearts by faith. That you'd understand that. That you understand that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It would just be a cliche, but it would become real to you when the forces of darkness come against you. You begin to recognize that Christ dwells in in your heart. That you're being rooted and grounded in love. So he says... These things happen as we are rooted and grounded in love. So he prayed that, that they would be rooted and grounded in love. You need to pray that for yourself. I need to pray that for myself. God, that I would be rooted and grounded in the agape love of God. Hallelujah. So we need to pray that over our lives on a regular basis. Then he says in verse 18, that you may be able to what? Comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So that we, we, we pray this way that God will begin to give us an understanding of the love of Jesus Christ. Or the love of Christ. We begin to understand that, that we have love. We, we do possess love. Sometimes the devil will tell you, you don't, you don't have love. You do have love. Because God lives on the inside. God is love. He dwells on the inside of us. So, in order for us to really experience that love, we have to become rooted and grounded with an understanding that we do possess the love of God. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So you can, you can, you can release God's love anytime you want. But you gotta believe it. And that's what he was praying. He, he was praying along those lines. The breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And then, that you might be filled with all the, what? The fullness of God. Think about that. That we would be filled with all the fullness of Almighty God. That's God's perfect will. That's what He wants. That's what He wants for you. That's what He wants for me. That's what He wants for every born again believer to be filled with all of His fullness. Think about that. The deity, the very deity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost dwells on the inside of you and I on a moment-by-moment basis. 
when we begin to recognize and understand that, we begin to flow in a different level of power. Because we recognize that our God, the champion of the universe, dwells on the inside of us. And he's made us a champion because of that. Then he says here in verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, what? According to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Now, from verse 14 all the way to verse 21, you can pray that for yourself. Or you can pray that for others. And I'm going to pray. Father, that you would grant us, according to the riches of your glory, to be, that we would be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man. That Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. That we being rooted and grounded in your love would be able then to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And that we would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Father, that we might be filled with all of your fullness. Now, Father, under you who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us, unto you be glory in the church by Jesus Christ, by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. The devil can't handle that. He can't handle a prayer like that. Because that's the perfect will of God. This is the confidence that we have. When we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked him for. Paul began to understand these things during that time in Arabia. God began to give him revelation concerning these things. As he spent time with God, God began to download in his spirit all this vital information for the church. He paid a great price for it, went through some difficult times because of it. But it was for all the suffering that he went through was for us. So that this information, could, the church could begin to experience and understand these things. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Chapter 1, verse 9. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. So this is what he would pray. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So we can pray that for ourselves, that God would fill us with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual understanding. And when we ask him for it in the name of Jesus, we know that we're going to get it. Amen? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleas and being fruitful in every good work. And what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, strengthen 
Again, we're praying for that strength. He's praying for the, the, the divine strength of God. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Then he says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who had delivered us from the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So when I approach God in prayer, when I begin to pray along these lines, by faith I believe God begins to download in my mind and in my spirit and I begin to understand and get light concerning that I have all of these things made available to me in Christ Jesus. I have God's, the knowledge of his will, I have spiritual understanding, I'm, I'm constantly increasing in God's might on a daily basis according to God's glorious power. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Hmm. Let's look at verse 26. Hmm. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Again, that's, we, we, we begin the study of, of, of Paul's life talking about how Paul prayed in the Spirit more than anybody, and because he prayed in the Spirit more than anybody, he received more revelation than anybody. So again, Showing us that praying in the spirit is very, very important if we're going to experience these things. So praying in the spirit on a regular basis is important. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let's go to Second Corinthians because I'm getting ready to close. Second Corinthians. And these, and these uh, notes that we're going over tonight, these prayers that we're going over tonight, uh, begin to actually pray them. Begin to act on these things, because when you act on these things, that's when the power of God begins to be released. You know, a lot of people are hearers of the word, but they're not doers of the word. When you do, when you act on the word, that's when the power is released. That's when you start seeing the results. Amen. Not just hearing about these things, but actually getting, getting with God and begin to pray along these lines. Okay. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, verse sixteen and seventeen. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the new creature reality becomes more crystal clear to you when you begin to pray along these lines. You actually really begin to believe that you have access to the supernatural. And that you should be operating in the supernatural on a regular basis because God has done something for you supernatural. Giving you the new birth. 
And so now you have access to that spirit realm and the power of God. And I'm going to close here in Galatians. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Again, a a lot of times we hear about these things and we talk about these things, but we don't readily experience them because we don't act on, on the word. And God wants us to act on the word. Now, Paul says, for I, through the law, am dead to the law. That I might live under God. Next verse. And this is what this is what you begin to get when you revelation you begin to get as you begin to pray along these lines. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. So he saw himself, he saw his old man dead. And God God wants us to begin to see our old man dead. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. He identifies only with Jesus. He identifies only with the risen Christ. He, he, he understands that he's a new creature in Christ Jesus. And he only identifies with the risen Christ. But, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul says, through all the revelation, through all that prayer, what's happened now is I recognize that that old man is dead. He was crucified. God, when, when God saw Jesus crucified on the cross, he saw me being crucified on the cross. When he, when he saw Jesus go into to the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, he saw me go into that, that, that borrowed tomb also. God had that perspective. And he wants us to get that perspective also. He wants that perspective to become alive to us because when we recognize that and understand that, we begin to understand that Christ has redeemed us from all of the curse being made a curse for us. That the curse, it has no more power over us when we begin to realize this. Next verse, last verse. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For as righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So everything we get is by grace. It's by grace. We don't deserve none of this. <laughs> the reason we get it is because of Jesus. All this access is because of Jesus. So when you begin to pray along these lines, pray boldly and expect God to begin to transform your life, begin to transform your thinking as you begin to experience this divine light concerning and in, in, in your prayer life, stand to your feet. Now, Father, we 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 thank you. Uh, we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're reminded that some of these things are hard on our flesh. <laughs> Peter said about Paul's writings: some of these things are hard to be understood. And, and, and they are to the human mind, to the natural mind. But we, we have a spiritual mind. We, we pray th- uh, uh, that the mind of Christ would be developed in us so that we can begin to tap into these things that have been freely given to us by way of your Holy Spirit. So I pray, God, divine light for us 
the divine light of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're our teacher. You're the one who reveals Christ to us. We avail ourselves to your ministry. We avail ourselves to your teaching. We avail ourselves to your, your guidance concerning these things. That we might experience these things in our life and in our generation. To glorify Jesus Christ and to help people know Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.